So let me invite us into the spirit of worship with these words from Psalm 65 from the Hebrew Bible. They seem especially apt right now. Thus have you prepared the land, drenching its furrows, breaking up its clods, softening it with showers. Blessing its yield, you have crowned the year with your bounty and with abundant harvest. The fallow meadows overflow, the valleys are blanketed with flocks. They shout and sing for joy. Reading I'd like to share with you this morning comes from one of my very favorite teachers and writers, Starhawk. This is from her book, Dreaming the Dark. The journey draws close, not to an end, but at least to a resting place. I'm glad because it's very late at night. The fat moon hangs in the sky, waxes over the San Francisco hills. Five days of rain have given over to clear skies. The kittens that played on my desk when I began this book have grown into cats. They file themselves in my drawers and knock papers off my desk. It is winter now, but moving toward an early California spring, I'm waiting to see if the bulbs I planted will sprout and bloom. I'm waiting to see the buds swell on the winter flowering magnolias, to see the rhododendrons unfold, fragrant and pink. Once again, I am waiting for the fragile beauty of the world to renew itself. And if there have been losses, acid rain on the Sierras, a constant whittling away of the choices, the possibilities of pleasure open to the poor. The possibilities open to any of us. If there has been narrowing of friendships and growing mistrust, if it seems that domination and hatred grow in strength daily as we read or watch the news, and the shadows of the bombs grow longer in our imaginations. If a four-month-old baby has a brain tumor and the Holocaust has already begun, still we have not yet lost hope. That hope sways on an edge so delicate that it is possible that the choices any one of us makes could tip the balance. If these words at moments seem to have power for you, take it as a measure of the power you have if you reach for it. If you draw it up from the dark, if you will risk it. And perhaps it is you your reaching, your voice, your work, your joy, your love that will make the difference, perhaps it is up to you to reclaim the world. Or perhaps it is up to all of us 
to join our hands, our voices, to reach into the dark and reshape it into a clear night where we can walk without fear into a well of healing from which we can all drink into the velvet skin of life, the newly fertile ground. The night, the moment, each moment presents us with a chance to meet that power, to grasp it, to dream it into being. It is in your eyes. It is in your hands. How's summer been treating you so far? So have you touched the, uh, the earth or the sand or the water with your bare feet this summer? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you chased fireflies or maybe just watched them? When my kids were little and not so little, we'd, we'd lie down and look up and look at the fireflies. And then we have bats, so we would watch the bats. Very cool. Have you harvested fruits and vegetables from your own garden, or have you looted farm stands for beautiful and juicy, fresh stuff? Maybe some of you have traveled to uh, different places. Maybe you've expanded the horizon of your, of your experience. Have you watched as acre upon acre of forest and homes devoured by flames, seemingly with nothing that can be done. Have you watched as mudslides in Europe and drought in the Arctic are making our planet unrecognizable? There's a sinkhole yesterday in Lancaster at the Tanger outlets, five cars. Thankfully, no one was, uh, was hurt. Have you given thanks for the bounty and the abundance of the earth? I know as I started once again this past week to drive here from my home in Chester County, the beauty of this part of the world just once again just catches my breath in, uh, in my throat. I've been driving home more or less as, as the sun sets. And what's that route? Is it 136? That, <laughs> I should know by now. But there's that beautiful ridge, and there's that long view. And as the sun is setting in the fields, and sometimes there's mist, it's just it's so beautiful. It just catches. It catches my breath. The never-ending flames in Mendocino catch my breath, too. The daily wounding of our earth is painful. Dear ones, it is not all heart-stopping beauty. It is not all heart-stopping destruction. It is that edge so delicate that Starhawk spoke about in that reading, that edge so delicate, that presence always in the same moment of endings 
and beginnings, endings and beginnings. If we track time according to the ancient calendar, Celtic calendar of the wheel of the year, we are in the time of year of Lunasa or Lama's Day, which is today celebrated at the beginning of August. And there would have been folks, maybe around the world, but certainly in, in Ireland and Scotland, climbing up to the tops of hills and offering the fruits as we are this morning, the fruits of the first harvest. Even though most of us here in the United States celebrate the harvest later in the year, this really is the time of the first harvest, a time when we begin to receive, to, to take the fruits of abundance of the earth. The days are getting shorter, signaling the days of autumn and winter that are sadly, for those of us who love summer, sadly, but they're right around the corner. Those back to school advertisements, which may signal liberation for some, <laughs> or annoyance for others. It seems to me they start earlier every year. I know they don't, but it's like, no, don't make me watch a back to school ad. But in this festival, in this festival of Lunasa or Lama's Day, we, we, we reflect and as we begin to reap what we have sown, literally and figuratively, we, we reflect. Each of our festivals are times of reflection. We celebrate the grain, the wheat, and the, and the barley, primarily in the, in the Celtic lands that are ready to be cut and stored. It's a time we tell the story of John Barleycorn. Any of you old hippies remember that song, right? You don't have to admit it. But the story of John Barleycorn told in, in, in an extraordinarily beautiful poem by Robert Burns, but it's, it's more ancient. The story of John Barleycorn is he's the spirit in the grain, right? He's the spirit in the grain. And as the grain is harvested, he gives his life so that his life may nourish others in the forms of breads and soups or beer and whiskey, if that's your thing. John Barleycorn is consumed. He dies and he lives in the same moment. It's that idea of endings and beginnings all in the same space. Endings and beginnings we carry inside of us, don't we? In our memories and our hopes and our joys. The cycle of life and death. Our reckoning, as I said, is literal and figurative. Will there be enough for us to eat this winter? It's a real question. What are the fruits of the spirit that we have been tending to? What are we reaping or what will we reap in this time of harvest? In the coming weeks, we'll encounter the festival of Samhain, the witch's new year. 
will encounter Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. A time of reckoning and making amends. What have we planted in ourselves, in one another? Are we learning to hold beginnings and endings at the same time? Now, many of you know that I love sunflowers. These are from our garden, which we planted these sunflowers many years ago. Mike, like the song, Mike is one who likes rose. Very organized. I like chaos, which means that we have to divvy up the garden. He gets some areas where he can plant spiky things, and I get some areas where I can just... It's really, <laughs> anyway, it's funny. But the thing about, besides the fact that they're really beautiful, these sunflowers keep coming back year after year. You know, the seeds are starting to fall. The seeds fall wherever they do, and that's where something does or does not come back. And, and the, the variety, the species of sunflower has evolved over the years to be something unique to our garden. If we were organized enough, we'd give it a name, but we're not that organized. And not every seed grows, does it? Some of them will never know, never make it through the earth. And some of them come bursting up in an open, open area. And some of them struggle so hard to come back into an area where there are tons of other plants competing for the same sunlight. And here's the thing, dear ones, the magic the magic happens in a place where we can't see it. It happens in the dark. It happens in a place where we can tend and we can do everything we possibly can, but we can't make things grow. Their own life force brings them up through the ground, brings up the corn and the ridiculously large zucchini. You and I, perhaps even without knowing it, have been taught to fear and hate the dark. We want to be in the light. We don't want to be in the dark, do we? We've been taught to think about opposites because life and death, we've been taught, are opposites, light and dark, male and female, good and bad. In fact, the fruits of the spirit, that phrase, have you ever heard that before? You probably, you probably have. That, that phrase comes from an, an early teaching in, in the Christian sacred texts. One of the earliest times this notion of opposites is, is taught forcefully, this notion that many of us have already learned. And I want to take a little side journey to talk about that before we come, come back to, to, to this, this theme. Because it's relevant, I want us to examine why we think this way and what it is that maybe, how that is that may be keeping us from embracing a more life-affirming faith. So it comes in one of the letters of the Apostle Paul to the Galatians, a group of churches he had founded in a region of Rome. He was a very, very busy apostle and founded many churches. 
And this particular group of churches apparently had swayed from his teachings and were listening to a new group of missionaries who were urging them that if they wanted to find Christ, they needed to submit to the law of Moses, and submitting to the law of Moses, among other things, required them, the men, to be circumcised. And Paul was angry and disturbed by the notion that they would follow this teaching. And so he, he writes them this sort of long-distance sermon. He writes them this, this letter, and he says to them, don't think about things of the body. The things of the body don't matter. It's the spirit, the things of the spirit that matter. You don't need to, to change your body in order to, to, find, to find God. So he says to them, these are the fruits of the body. In case you don't get my, my message, these are the fruits. And now I'm reading from a translation. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these a pretty long list of, of stuff. I was going to make a joke about how that sounds like a pretty typical church community, but <laughs> I almost decided against it. <laughs> but it's interesting that a number of those things would be things that you and I wouldn't associate with the body, right? But all things bad are body things. So he says, live by the Spirit and not the flesh, and here are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let us not, he says, become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. Any problem with those fruits of the Spirit? That's a trick question. <laughs> I do not, dear ones, I do not buy into that dichotomy of, you know, everything is dualities, everything is, is this or the other. But I do want to take a moment for us to ask ourselves, what fruits of the Spirit are we utilizing and are we tending, if any? Regardless of where any of us land on the spectrum of today's chaotic and painful political landscape, are we cultivating gentleness, patience, self-control, Or are we cultivating self-righteousness and anger and staying within those things that can be hurtful? Are we coming from generosity and kindness? Or are we coming from a commitment to making factions?
And I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that, boy, there are really good people on both sides. It's taking you a minute, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. I'm not saying either that everyone who voted for this administration is, is, a, is a rabid white supremacist. I'm not saying that either. But I do want us to think about what are the fruits of the Spirit. And if there is a lesson for us in this passage, I want us to think about where we are coming from in our faith communities, in our denomination, in our sanctuary here. Are we coming from a place of love? Because there is a, a world of love and peace and justice that we want. Or are we coming from a place of, we want to just destroy what is happening now? Because one will keep us in hate, and the other will keep us energized for the long haul. And it will be a long haul. It took the Christians 350 years to become the religion of empire. <laughs> so who knows how long this struggle will take. So let us once again take a leap forward from this early apocalyptic sect that believed that the world was going to end at any time. Let us take a leap forward back into our whole selves, our body, our flesh, our spirit, our minds, our emotions, and our relationships. Because after all, beloved, that's what we celebrate here, isn't it? We celebrate everything that we are, everything that we bring. In the split world, says my beloved Starhawk, spirit wars with flesh, culture with nature, the sacred with the profane, the light with the dark. What if we reclaim the dark? What if you and I, in this coming year of making community here, link our hands and our voices and our hearts and reclaim and reimagine from the hurt, from the despair, from the grief, from the fear, Reclaim that space and imagine into being a starry sky where all of us are safe, where all of us can be healed from the hurts we carry. Doesn't mean to forget the trauma or to pretend it doesn't exist. It means to shape it, to allow the dark to make its magic. As we see, my Starhawk says, the goddess mirrored in each other's eyes, we take that power in our hands as we touch. For the strength of that power is in the bond we make with each other. And our vision grows strong when we no longer dream alone. Amen. Ashe. 
and blessed be. Dear ones, in this coming week, let us answer yes to love. Bless you all.